Well, praise God tonight, church. Got a wonderful word for you tonight about Thanksgiving. And um, we'll be in um, 1 Thessalonians, some um, quick scriptures in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Can we all stand for the reading of God's word? Praise God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through verse 18 read like this. It says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Well, let me start at verse 16. <laughs> it says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Father, we thank you for your word. Let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Help us to be attentive to your word tonight, Lord, so that it is engrafted in our heart, so it changes us, transforms us into the very image of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. And you may be seated. Wow, it's another Thanksgiving. And if you're young, you know, that doesn't mean very much to you. You go, what's the big deal? If you're old, you will didn't we just have a Thanksgiving? <laughs> Hallelujah. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's all right, young people. You'll catch that one later. Praise God. Maybe. If you talk to one of these older people, you might understand what I just said. You know, it's great to live in a country that celebrates Thanksgiving. And I don't know what they tell kids in the, today in school. But we know what Thanksgiving is all about. And it was all about religious freedom, yeah. you know. And um, people just just don't get it, and they our kids don't get it. And the only reason they don't get it is because we don't explain it to them. I mean, we know the truth, and it's our responsibility to 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 tell our kids the truth. Because if you even looked it up on the internet, you wouldn't find it like you learned it. You find all kind of weird stuff, and they. How they removed God from, from everything when the people that were motivated by God who, who celebrated the first Thanksgiving was because of God was in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And everything was, was a lot better in our relationship with, with people that's different than us than it is now. You know, and they were celebrating their, their thankfulness toward God for for, for giving them great bounty and for giving them great success, even though they had come through great hardship, but they sat there with their, with their Indian brothers and sisters and, and, and celebrate with thanksgiving towards God. And we will sit here in this church and we will celebrate with thanksgiving to God and all the great diversity that's represented in this room tonight and in our church, not only here, but all over the world. 
you have to learn how to give thanks for each other. Because we're all better for having a relationship with each other. And God is teaching us great and mighty things that he could not teach us without each other. I'm thankful for Pastor Daniel, you know, who, who showed great faith in me and allowed me to bring the word. You know, I, he amazes me, you know. And I love him dearly. And it's be, I love him, you know, be, not because he's my pastor. That's not the only reason that I love him. You know, but we've been through some stuff together, me and him. And, you know, he's seen me on my worst days. And he's seen me go through my, my worst troubles up to date. Because there's no end to trouble. They keep coming. You know, and, and, and we have this interaction. You know, I don't know if you know this, but his mom and my mom were friends. And they only knew each other br briefly. But they were, they were friends instantly when they met. And they got along like, like two sisters. You know, it's, am it's amazing. Miss Marion and my mom, my mother, her name is Eleanor. Okay, so, you know, when me and my brother, I don't have any brothers, but me and my sisters, you know, talk about my mom, we, we talk about her like this. She said, your mom used to do this. And, and we, we never, like, say my mom. We always say your mother. You know, when we talk about it, you know. <laughs> it's just a thing that we do, you know, instead of coming that family dynamic. You know, my, my mom was a very strong woman. You know, very, 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 very heavy-handed, I would call her, you know. Because you got hit for everything when I was growing up. You know, and then you had to figure out on your own what you did wrong. And correct it. You know, because the only way you found out you did something wrong was you got corrected. And that usually came with some kind of physical advance from my mom. And stuff. She was quick, too. She was really fast. You'd be like, yeah, 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 pow. <laughs> okay, you know, obviously done something wrong. Then, you know, let me figure out what it is and stop doing it. You, know, you stop doing everything instantly. Yeah, she was, you know, I often told her, I said, you know, for what you did for us when we was little, we could have you thrown in jail. I said, even today, if we told them what you did to us, they would come and get you and throw you in jail. I said, it was that bad, you know. <laughs> you know, it's crazy, but have you ever, like, knew your mom was coming home and removed every known weapon that you could, you could think of? <laughs> Out of the house, my mother would come home, there were no belts, there was, you know, nothing that she could use as a weapon that we, we, you know, that we could think of as kids, you know, especially if we had bad news for her, you know, because she was just quick on the draw. She'd start swinging and then she had to calm down, you know. And that's crazy. She said, oh, man, that's so abusive. Let me tell you how abusive it was. You know, I went to school every day. You know, I did my homework whether I wanted to or not, because my mom was quick on the draw. You know, I would cringe if the teacher said, I'm going to call your mother. I was like, what do I have to do? <laughs> Woo! Woo! Talk about the fear of the Lord. That woman was dangerous, Jack. 
you know, my, I had a high school teacher that told me. He said, if I want to know that calling your mom would do such a radical change in your life, I would have called her last year. <laughs> He's like, sure. I said, don't you ever call my mother again. Just talk to me. We'll straighten it all out. <laughs> she was an unreasonable woman. But she loved me. You know, I never doubted it. I, I thank God for my mom. You know, she was, she cared so much about me that she wouldn't let me have my way or do what I wanted to do. I did what was right. You know, and, you know, she taught me to fear God. So that even today I can do what's right. You know, they, um, they punished us in the Navy, you know, by making you do more work. And they, um, and, and one time I was doing something I wasn't supposed to do. Y'all don't need to know what it was. It's all right. You know? and, um, and they sentenced me. This is about halfway through boot camp. They sentenced me to clean in the bathroom for the rest of boot camp, which boot camp was eight weeks long. So I had four weeks I had to clean the bathroom. And then they would come and inspect. But they did not understand that I was the son of Eleanor. Jack, and there ain't no inspection. I mean, they looked around that bathroom. They checked every, all the pipes underneath. I just laughed at them. I said, shoot, you ain't going to find nothing because I'm Eleanor's son. That, that lady would sniff out dirt. In the corner, go in there all you want to. You ain't going to find nothing. On the ceiling, go ahead, look in every light. You ain't going to find nothing because I was the son of Eleanor. Yeah. That woman put a whooping on you. You know what I'm saying? Jack, you know, she, she put a whooping on you, make you go up and clean the light bulbs, Jack. I'm, you know what I'm saying? You would clean the light. Nobody had to tell me to clean the light bulbs. Shoot. <laughs> Y'all see what happened to my big sister, Jack. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, that hurricane ain't coming my way. So I like to tell people stories about my mom because it, it explains how I am sometimes. You know, my mother could be a, a, a woman of, of not only great anger, for me, didn't have any reason to be angry, but she can also be kind. I remember that, that one time my mother was, my mother worked two jobs most of the time that I was growing up. And my mother was, was um, trying to lay down and relax one night. And me and my sisters, we all slept in the same room. You know, we were laughing and joking and having fun. And my mother got up and she, she on a rare occasion, gave us a warning. She said, if y'all don't go to sleep, if y'all don't be quiet, I'm going to come in here and whoop y'all off. Now that thing was like a promise. It was like a sealed deal. If my mama said she was going to whoop you, Jack, the check is in the mail. <laughs> and so, you know, we lost ourselves after trying to be quiet for a minute, you know, and start laughing again. And we heard her get out of the bed. Boom, boom. You know, there's kids, you know, we have wood floors, you know, that we had to clean and wax. Just didn't, just like, we didn't have no Swiffers. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, we had a sponge. Jack, you know what I'm saying? You had to clean and wax that floor. My mother's feet hit that wood floor, Jack. We, we stopped laughing. Just like, boom. And then we heard, doom, doom. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Here she comes. So we, me and my big sister, we got behind our little sister, the baby, right? And we picked our covers up and started crying. And my mother came in the room, and she had, sure enough, she had a belt. I don't know where she got that belt from. 
And she came in, man, and she was like, she took one look at us, and she just started laughing. She was like, why y'all crying? Because you're going to whoop us, mama. Just like, baby sitting right there in the front, you know, the two older kids in the back. You know? <laughs> My mother said, not another peep. Y'all go to sleep and go to bed. And she ran out of, she ran out of the room because she was going to fall out laughing. You know, she didn't tell us that till years later. Okay, you know, but she was like, she was just about to crack up, you know, because of our antics, you know. And so, you know, my mother loved us deeply, especially the baby. So, <laughs> so now why did I tell y'all that? Because, you know, I like to tell you the bad stories about my mom, but my mom had a bunch of good stories. She was a good woman, and she raised three kids on her own. Like I said, worked two jobs most of her life. She sacrificed for us like crazy, you know. And all she wanted us to do was, was succeed, you know. So I thank God for my mom this morning. I got a thankful heart toward her and stuff because without her, I wouldn't be standing here before you today. So, you know, I'm grateful that our nation pauses to give thanks to God. It's a national holiday. Thank God for that steal. People just drive me crazy with their, you know, with their ideas that they impose on us all. You know, to the believer, we must live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. It's not just something that we do once a year. <laughs> Let me tell you something about, about God. The key to being strong in the Lord and the power of his might is do what he tells you to do. You don't have to worry about trying to figure out how to, how to battle demons. You don't have to figure out how you're going to make a way. All you have to do is obey. You know, and if you obey, if you're obedient to God, he will show up in your life and show himself strong. Now, he don't come when you want him, he, but he's never late. He's never early. He's an on-time God. He's always right on time. It's his perfect will that's going to be done in your life, and all you have to do is concern yourself with, you ain't got to worry about what Satan is doing, you know, or no, no demon. All you have to worry about is what you're doing in relationship to God, and you will fight and you will win. The whole, let me, the whole key to spiritual warfare, if I can just sum it up for you, is your ability to do what God tells you to do when he tells you to do it. It ain't that you won't go through a fight, but you will go through it and come out the other side. You won't be stuck anywhere. As long as you're obedient to God, he will get you out. He won't take you around your problems. He won't take you over them, and he won't take you under them. He will take you right through the valley of the shadow of death, and you will not fear any evil because he'll walk through right with you. Whoa. Obey God. And in our text, it tells us to give thanks, to be thankful people. God's will is seen in doing three things according to these verses that we read. It, it says, for one thing, be joyful always. Now, that can be very confusing because, you know, you know some of us have lost parents. We've lost children. We've lost siblings, and God says, in all things, be joyful. Let me tell you, there is a, a, a joy 
that comes because you're a child of God. And you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. I don't know how people get through funerals. I don't know how they get through the, the losses that they have, except for God is there, even in the midst of it. You know, all promises, everything is going to be straightened out as long as you know God. I'll t you know, in your perspective of losing a child, you will, you will if, you, if you die in Christ, you will regain your relationship with that child at a later date. And never be separated from that child for all eternity. Your mama may be gone. Your daddy may be gone. But if they died in Christ and you die in Christ, you will go on into eternity, be with mom and dad, and never be separated from them again. It's an amazing thing being a child of God. I thank God that he has put eternity in our hearts. You can lose a, a child, you can lose a young man or young woman in a car accident, but as long as they know God, you will be joined together after a short while, never to be separated for all eternity again. Woo! What a powerful, what a mighty, what an awesome God we serve. Woo! So I can find some reason to be joyful, if not just only that, you know. Thank God for the kids that you still have. Hallelujah. Praise God. Whatever you're going through, you can have joy in the midst of it. You know, you can laugh in the face of danger. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know. There's a prophet, his name is Jim LaFoon. He tells the story of his son who God had given a vision of him and how he was going to die. And so he was in the Middle East, and through a circumstance and situation, one of the Arab guys took a rifle and pointed it at him, and he just started laughing at him. And he said, what's, you know, what's wrong with you crazy American? And I'm, pra I'm, I'm paraphrasing, he says, I've seen my death. And he said, this is not it. And the guy thought he was so crazy that he put his gun down and walked away from him. When you know God, you know all you need to know. And you can have joy in the midst of your storm, in the midst of your tornado, in the midst of your flood, you can have joy. <laughs> you know, Paul was in jail when he wrote most of what he wrote. He was bound up, a lot of times beaten and whipped. And he's just sitting there la, 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 writing scriptures about joy. That is crazy. That is awesome, but you know what? God makes us like that. So be joyful always. Pray continually. No matter what situation and circumstances you're in, you can always pray. Nobody can stop you from praying. And prayer changes things. You know, ah, ah. That's okay. But you need to, oh, ah, to God. That's prayer. You know, you know, Jehoshaphat was being attacked by an army that was innumerable. And he just went to God. He went right to the, to the, to the prayer room. He went right to the church. And he laid down and said, God, you see this is what's happening to me. Ah! And God said, chill out, dude. I got this. And you're going back. Tell your people, don't you worry, don't be afraid. I got this. He said, okay. And he went, and God took care of it. His problems. 
You know, a lot of times all we need to do is cry out to God. And God will just simply answer, I, I see your pain, I got you. You know, the Bible says something very significant. He says he's an ever-present help in time of trouble. Do you have trouble? Then God is your ever-present help. And he's coming to help you. You know, instead of calling mama, instead of calling auntie, okay, instead of calling your brother, you need to call your heavenly father, your Abba father. Call him, and he will show up. Hallelujah. Pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. Because it could be worse, Jack. You don't even want to challenge God on that. You know, it couldn't get any worse than that. Don't say that. Because you don't want it to get worse. You want it to get better. Okay. And you, you put your faith and your trust in God and say, God, you know, I know you're going to get me through this. Don't give in to despair. Give thanks and all. I thank you, God, that even in the midst of this trouble, I can talk to you about it. I thank you, God. I got exceedingly great promises. You know, I, I've seen in my life where I've expressed my faith in God rather than my situation that God has showed up in my life and, and did miracles. I'm telling you, man, I... You know, God would do stuff for me that I forgot I'd prayed about, and he did it. And I'm like, whoa, why did it happen? And I remember that I prayed. I'm like, whoa. You know, God's the God that shows up. He doesn't forget. He doesn't hear. You know, God reminded me one day I was sitting down at church. My wife was at a church meeting. I was sitting outside in my car, and God showed me my, my great-grandmother. And I knew what he was saying to me. He was saying, this woman prayed for you. And that's the only reason why you sit in your car outside of church and you ain't dead somewhere in Cleveland. I was sitting outside my car in a church in Hawaii. And how I got to Hawaii is a whole God thing. Okay, it was a whole God miracle. Before I got saved, God began to work in my life. Okay, and, and I was wondering why that he did all this stuff for me before I got saved. And then I remember the words of my great-grandmother used to speak over me. When I was like three and four years old, she'd sit me up on her lap and start opening the Bible, point to the words and read. And tell me, you know, that I was a king. She would tell me that I was a, I was a prince. She would tell me that I was going to do great and mighty things. I remembered that stuff sitting in that car. And then I began to weep. The presence of God came in that car and messed me up. Okay. You are not here by mistake. You are here on purpose. You're here tonight to get another weapon to use against the enemy. And if you will heed the word of God, not the preacher. But if you will heed the word of God. You will get a weapon against the enemy that will bring victory in your life. Instead of trying to figure out how to not do it, you got to figure out how to do it. So you need to be joyful always. You need to pray continually. And you need to give thanks in all circumstances. But I know you know that not everything that happens to you is God's will. But he did say in this world you're going to have trouble. But then he said, be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. This trouble will not overcome you. This trouble will make you and not break you. This trouble that you see today, you will see no more. There are many, many wheels in the world. There's your will. There's your family's will. There's, uh, there's the devil's will. There's the world will, you know, what's the world's will? Go ahead and look at something on TV. You know, 
is so much filled with perversion all over the place. You, you can't watch anything, and it doesn't have a, it's almost a requirement if you watch something on television that they, they add perversion to it. Mandatory. That's crazy. You know, be careful what you watch on television. You know, don't love this world and the things in it. Just saying. And then some of the stuff that happens to us is because of our own mistakes and our own transgressions. And we've done some pretty gnarly stuff. You know, well, I'll tell you what, you might not have done, you might have been, you know, good all your life. You might have been born with angels' wings, but not me. Okay. I came from a, a gnarly, dark, and nasty place. It's ugly. I don't tell people about my past. You know, the only thing that they need to know is in, in glorifying God is that, is that God saved me out of all that mess. I mean, you know, you may have never beat anybody up for no particular reason whatsoever except for the fact that they were in proximity to you. That may not have happened to you and stuff, but it has happened to me. I have beat people up just because they were randomly selected by the group of people that I was with, and I was doing what they did, I did what they told me to do, and boom. And somebody got beat up that didn't deserve it. Almost caused a riot over that mess. I'll never forget it. Praise God. You know. And I laughed because I lived through that situation and circumstances. But I'm so ashamed of that now. Now granted I was only 14 years old. But that's not an excuse. Okay. And I mean, something I didn't. You know how some kids look taller? Look stronger? Look older than what they are? The kid that we jumped on and beat up. And I, he was only 12. God saved me, he delivered me, he forgave me, and set me free. And I've been set free from a lot more worse stuff than even that. Okay. So, I don't know. You know, I don't even know if I would be your friend if, if I told you some of the evil that I was a part of. Thank you. There's demon power out there that it can drive people to evil. There's a level of evil out there that most of us have never experienced. You know, I was, I was working in a jail in, in Kauai, in Hawaii. And had to, I was the law librarian. And so I was responsible for, for, for getting people the materials they need so that they could look up their charges against themselves and, and try to come up with a defense against them for themselves, okay? And so they would, I would help them look up legal things. And there was this one girl who had, who had came to jail, and, um, and I kind of knew of her, didn't really know her directly. And there's a, there's, it's a whole big, long story, but what had happened was is this girl had won a great settlement from the, from the city of, of Kauai or what, what was Lahui from the police department for, for some, some crazy debauchery and stuff that was going on there and stuff. And she, had, she was brought to jail because 
she had, her cousin had took something from her, like a dress. So she beat her, her and her boyfriend beat her cousin unrecognizable. Put, put super glue in her mouth, glue her mouth shut. You know, and then when they had beat her too much and she died, all while her friends were watching. You know, one big party room until somebody got discovered and made a mistake. Watched them beat that poor girl to death and do all that stuff to her. Then roll her up in a rug and dump her in the field. And the girl was telling me the story about, I bet you her cousin won't do that no more. You know, or nobody will do that. You know, take my stuff. And I'm like, I don't know why she was telling me that, Jesus. But, you know, I'm sitting in the, I'm, I'm in a jail cell room giving this girl pencil and paper so that she could defend herself. And I was just like, ah, that's just evil. And then she was just talking like, like she went out and had coffee with somebody. And I've been face to face with evil and worse stuff than that, you know, out there. I thank God that in all my mess, I didn't get that messed up. Whoa. And I don't know what you're thankful for tonight, but you might not be here, you know. You probably wouldn't be here except for the love of God. Because you got to remember, you might not have been a predator. You might have just been an innocent victim just walking down the sidewalk, minding your own business, thinking about maybe going to school tomorrow and stuff like that, and somebody beat you up for no reason. Oh, the world is evil. So some evil stuff happens, and the result of that can be quite horrific. Who knows how that affected that young man for the rest of his life? Yeah, I can sit here all day and tell y'all horror stories, man. I'm like, oh, God, Lord. Hallelujah. But I want y'all to know that God delivered me. He saved me. He set me free. And, and what killed other people did not kill me. Because somebody had sense enough to pray to God. And I thank God for that. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, it says, We do not want to be... Unin we don't want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters about the troubles we experienced in Asia we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself indeed we felt we had received the sentence of death but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead he has delivered us from such a deadly peril he will deliver us again on him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. When you pray for people, something happens. You're part of Operation Andrew and you got your name. You have names on people on that list of cards. If you haven't done that, it's not too late. Get, a, get the card. Start praying for people who are impossible. People that you run into every day. People that are causing you stress and trouble. Because they need exactly what you needed. What all the rest of us need. If they get Jesus in their lives, they will be set free and delivered. And they will leave you alone. And they might even love you. So you need to be praying for those who despitefully use you and abuse you and say all manner of evil against you. Because God will get them saved. God will get them healed. And God will get them delivered. Whoa, and set them in church right next to you. Hallelujah. 
when people, hallelujah, thank God. I thank God for some of the people that God put in my life that I did not like. I had a supervisor one time in the prison. And he, he was the, the supervisor. And um, he was in, in charge of telling me what to do and communicating to me what my duties were. And after about, he was a Japanese guy, okay? And um, I'm sitting there working for this man. You know, he might have spoke to me three times in six months. You know, so I'm like, you know, he would leave me notes and tell me what to do. I'm like, I'm like God, I've had it up to here with him. So I said, God, this is what you need to do, Lord. You need to either get me out of this place or you need to promote this man. Because I know better than put a curse on somebody. You understand what I'm saying? I said, you need to elevate this man, get him up, and get me another supervisor. <laughs> I need somebody that's going to talk to me, Jesus. You know, write me notes and, and just grunt at me. And he was like a total samurai guy. <laughs> just like in the movies. I ain't joking. And so, you know, and, and he was my supervisor. And, you know, one day I came into work and I said, today is the last day. I was like, I, I can't take it no more. I'm walking out of here. But before I go, I'm going to tell him what for and who with. And I'm going to just, just let it fly, Jesus. Now, I'm talking to Jesus like this, right? You know. But I was in the habit of praying continually. I always talked to God. I didn't talk to other people about how I was feeling because they wouldn't like me. So I talked to Jesus about how I was feeling. Hallelujah. Who loved me. Hallelujah. So I got in the habit of talking to God about things. And so I'm talking to him, and I'm not joking you. I go into the office, and his desk is over there, and my desk is over here. And I sit down, and he's over at his desk doing that samurai thing. Oh, God. I said, you know, that's it. You know, and for the first time in a few months, the man turned around and talked to me. He said, Vince. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, yes. And he said, he said I've been asked to do something that I'm not qualified to do. He said, they've asked me to be the acting warden here because the, the warden that's here is stepping down. And so they want me to stand in this place. And he goes, I'm not sure if I'm ready for it or not. And I'm like, this man is talking to me. And I'm like, I'm barely hearing what he's saying because it's just amazing to me that he's talking to me. He turned, and he goes, he says, I need people around me that I can trust. And he says, I want you to help me. He said, because I need somebody that I'm going to ask you to do stuff that, that you're not qualified to do because I can't trust the people that's qualified to do it. But I, but I know I can trust you because you've, you've done everything I've ever asked you to do. I'm like, okay, now I'm fighting back the tears. Okay. <laughs> now Mr. Tough Guy that's going to tell this guy off is now I'm like, <laughs> and like, you know, I'm like, oh, I got to, okay. And I said, and he said, you know, so, you know, are you, are you going to help me? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Neil, I'll help you. And I said, and I said, he said, okay, thank you. I said, you're welcome. And I got up. I barely made it to the bathroom. I barely, you in a prison, you can't be caught crying. <laughs> I shut the bathroom door and just collapsed on the floor. And just went and apologized to God. God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I was acting like that. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for you. Yeah. Turned out the guy was a backslidden Christian. You know, my goodness. And we had many talks. 
about God up at that gym. God put me in situations and circumstances. He taught me so much dealing with him that I was kind of impervious now to any attack of the enemy while I was up there. So much so that <laughs> my next supervisor was a lesbian. So you got to watch your prayers. You got to be faithful for what you got. Because things can get worse, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I had to tell her about God. She, 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 was, she had used to be a Catholic. And so she understood. And I asked her one day, I said, you understand that if you die in this condition that you're in, you know, living a lifestyle that's, you know, yeah, it's contrary to God. I, I used a bigger word, but I was better back then. I can't, I can't even pronounce it now. You know, aberrant to God, you know, that, that you would be, you know, you'll go to hell. And she says, I understand what the Bible says about all that. And I said, okay, cool, we cool. I said, because I've done my job. <laughs> I bought you the gospel, and you understand. I said, we're not going to have a conversation like this again unless you bring it up. And I said, but I've done my duty towards you. You know, you, you know I love you. And she was like, yeah. And I said, okay. Don't try to tell nobody what the difference between right and wrong unless you're in a relationship with them that has showed forth the praises of him who showed you, called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. If you don't love what God loves and God loves her, then you're in the wrong place. You can't minister to those people and represent Christ to them because Christ loves them. Okay, so you can't go up there with your haterade, you know, showing some other attitude than what Christ would have for them. Because he would look, look at them with compassion. And they would feel it. They wouldn't be able to fight against it. And they would give up their sin and walk away from that lifestyle and come, come to Christ. I'll show you a man that told me everything about me, but he didn't put me down. You know, turned that woman into an evangelist. And she, the whole, you read the Bible. She, the whole town got saved because of her. And the whole time we get saved because of you, because of the love that you have. You start doing what God tells you to do. Don't try to figure out, well, I got the right to be mad. I got the right to be unthankful. I got the right to be ungrateful. No, you don't. It goes on to say that God can even raise the dead. Now, if he can raise the dead, he can do anything. <laughs> We might know some people that might go to other churches that need to be raised from the dead. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Praise God. You see how I did that, honey? That was nice. Praise God. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, let me read you this little discourse. It said, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will Go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows. Was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things. Things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain 
so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, what makes a person strong is they go through difficulties, is that they go through hardships, and they keep the faith, and they keep thanking God, and they keep moving forward, knowing that the end of all things is near, that God will come for us one day, and we will be joined to him never again to, su to suffer. You know, this is the thing is, is that it's not that we don't go through hardships. It's that we do go through them. It's not that nobody says anything bad about us. You know, because we do. People say bad things about us, but we keep on going. You know, I've seen people, you know, saying, you know, I don't like the way you're, you're dressed, and they never go to church again. I'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, everybody's going to like the way you dress. Everybody's going to like the way you talk. Everybody's going to like your smile. But what, where in the world do you live? You have to be careful, church, because people go to work every day. And no matter what other people think about them, they keep going to work. They go to school every day. No matter what people think about them, they go to church. And they hear, they hear somebody may have said something about them, and then they never go to church again. Oh, my goodness. We got to get tougher than that. We got to be stronger than that. Hallelujah. And what's going to help us is that we live a thankful life. Well, thank God somebody told me my breath was bad. You know? And I didn't walk around here scaring folks. But in every circumstances, we can find something to be thankful of. A key to being a healthy Christian is being thankful. You ungrateful courteous. God's done so much for you. You know, he's led you. He's guided you. He's protected you. You know, I don't know where you're from, but where I'm from, all my friends ain't alive today. I am thankful to God. You know, I... I, all my family, man, there's only two people that's not divorced in my whole family. That's me and her. And they've been married before, and they got divorced. And some of them has never been married. But we've been married. Even her parents and my parents, they were both divorced. You know, we've been married 33 years. It'll be, she says it's 34 It doesn't seem that long to me, dear. <laughs> Woo, but I'm thankful for those 34 years. You know, I tell, I tell my son, I said, man, you're going to have to go through this with somebody. Are you going to keep going around this mountain again? Or are you going to go through it? Because it's going to come back around if you try to avoid it. In Romans chapter 1, 
Don't read Romans chapter 1 unless you want to get serious with God. Because it tears some mess, it tears some stuff up. Okay, and I'm only going to read verses 21 through 24. It says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their, think, their thinking became futile, pointless, okay? And their foolish hearts were darkened. You ever hear Trekkies talk about black holes and about all kind of um, time warp things and about phasers and stuff? You know, I consider myself somewhat a Trekkie, even though I don't speak Klingon or nothing like that. But, you know, I've seen people talk about this stuff for hours, and I said, you know what, there's no way they can know what they're talking about. I said, all that stuff is, that's got nothing to do with life on the planet. There ain't no black holes here, you know. And you have to be in a spaceship to find a black hole if they actually exist. And they, they do exist, they tell me that. But what does that got to do with life on the planet Earth? And what's that got to do with you becoming a, a, a man and taking care of your kids? You're sitting there talking. You can talk about black holes till you blue in the face and all this ethereal, you know, stardust stuff. And it's worthless. It's a worthless. No, no good can come of it. It's just a, you're just wasting your time. But people are proud that they can talk that kind of stuff. I'm so glad I'm in the house of God. Let me finish reading this. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal beings being Birds and animals and reptiles, these same people who worship statues. Therefore, God gave them over to, over in the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity for degrading their bodies with one another. I'm so glad and I'm thankful that I go to a church that tells me the truth. You know, people don't want to, don't want to know the truth. They don't want to be here. Okay, because... The undulterated, uncompromised word of God is going to be preached from here. I don't care what you wear. I don't care how you dress. I don't care what your philosophy was. I don't care who your parents was. I don't care what, what city you came from. I don't care whether you was rich, you were poor. We all need God. And we all need to, to gain victory in Christ Jesus. And it comes from listening to him, to obeying him, being thankful about him and about what he's done. And if we're not, if we take God for granted, if we think we know more than him, if we think we, we know more than the Bible, we end up trapped in that mess and we're lost. People can explain the beginnings of the universe like they know what they're talking about. Dude, you went to high school with me. How are you going to tell me? I'm just saying. And our high school went known for its academics. You know, I went to East Technical High. Okay, praise God. <laughs> You know, and they got some weird philosophies. Giving thanks recognizes God, who he is, and his rightful place of lordship. When God is lord of your life, nobody can come and tell you some idiot stuff. Because I check everything with God. God, what about this? And God tells me. And he goes, hey, oh, it's junk. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't try to straighten people out unless God tell me to straighten them out. If they don't want to be straightened out, they just want to tell you what their thing is. So I just let them go in, tell me what their thing is. Like I ain't never heard it before, but I'm thankful for God that I'm not caught up in that. You know what I'm caught up in? 
I'm caught up in trying to be a better husband to my wife, a better father to my kids, a witness of Christ out in the world so I can get somebody healed and set free so they don't have to die in a gutter. You know, I had a cousin walk out, walk out of the bar, walk right to the curb and die, face down in the gutter. Okay, I'm, you know, I know a thing or two, just like that commercial, because I've seen a thing or two. You know, I love, I love that man. Okay, I watched alcohol destroy his life. When you see something like that, like I ain't got time for conversations about some ethereal thing. It recognizes that we need God and that neither we nor anything else that was created is a God. Who do you call Lord? You better know the word. And it keeps us from being bound. So we don't have these things that come upon us if we will stay with God and we will be thankful, we will be grateful to him for what he has done and what he is doing in our lives. If we keep that before us, he'll to always tell us the truth. And so we won't get bound up in thinking that, you know, that, that, that animals are people too. You know, that a spotted owl baby is more important than a human baby. That whales have more rights than human beings. I ain't saying that they don't have rights. Okay. They're just not as important as you. If you don't know the word of God, if you ain't grateful to God, you'll believe something else. Colossians 3.15 says peace and thanksgiving are tied together. And it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Philippians 4 and 6 says, thanksgiving releases faith for answered prayers. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with, with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. In Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, links together thanksgiving and praise and healing. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master! Have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, and threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give thanks to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Look, it ain't a matter about what everybody else is doing. If you obey God, things are going to go well with you. You're going to be blessed. No matter how much trouble you go through, you will do exactly that. You will go through it. There are people, man, I see people 
in, on the Oprah show, in, on Montel, and you know, I don't watch that stuff anymore, okay? But they get up there and complain about what happened to them. You know, here's a 70-year-old man talking about what happened to him when he, was, when he was 11 and how it ruined his life. I'm saying, my God, God gave me strength that the stuff that happened to me when I was 11 and 12 and 15 didn't have power to control my life. When I came to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, he set me on the process of being set free from all that mess, from all that junk, from all that abuse, from all that, oh, your mama did this to you, and your, your daddy did that to you, and, you know, Mookie down the street, <laughs> you, know, you know, did this mess to you. You know, somebody stole your pencil. When you was in the, when you was in the second grade and it ruined you, You're 70 years old, and you've let this thing beat you up and turned you into some kind of psycho? And all you needed was Jesus to set you free from that again. Some of that stuff is so real, and, 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 and it will ruin your life, except for Jesus coming into your life and setting you free from it. He's not asking you to deny that something happened to you, but he doesn't want to leave you in a place where that thing was more stronger than you are. He doesn't want to leave you in that position where that event that happened to you broke you for the rest of your life and you would never have victory and you would never have freedom despite what you go through. If you are grateful to God for him being God of your life and getting you through that, that he will come in and set you free from the effects of that. We used to sing this song. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks unto the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Wow. Well, we give, amen. Give God some glory. What we give thanks for is that, that God got us out of our mess and distress and what the enemy meant for evil. God turned it around for good. He's made us more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. If you know Christ, you know healing, you know deliverance, you know freedom. Hallelujah. So let me tell you how to begin this, okay? I've been telling you all night, you have to turn around and, and take some time and be thankful for God for the good that he's done in your life. And if you can't find anything that he's done in your life in the past, thank him for what he's about to do. Because God is a deliverer. He is the glory and the lifter of your head. He will not suffer you to stay down but so low. If you put your trust and your hope in him, I tell you what, God is the one real deal. He's the one true God. And he will show up in your life. He will show up in your mess and distress. And he will set you free. That's God's promise to you. Whoa! Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Well, I hope you got something out of the message tonight. Hallelujah. Won't you stand with me as we dismiss service tonight? Praise God, I've gone a little long. But I never want to close a message without giving somebody an opportunity to come to Christ. You know, maybe you can't give thanks in the midst of your trouble and trial because you don't have Jesus as Lord of your life. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But you got to accept him in. you got to let him in. Hallelujah. So if you're here tonight and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I wouldn't pass this opportunity to surrender to him. And God will set you free. And you can really live life with a, with a grateful heart. He'll set you free from your past. He'll deliver you from what the enemy meant for evil. So if you're here today and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the first time, maybe you've known him and you've fallen away and you want to give your life back to him. You want to rededicate your life to God tonight. Or you just want to make sure that heaven is your home. If that's you tonight, you want to receive Jesus. Simply raise your hand right now, right where you're at. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Anybody out there want to come to Christ tonight? Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for that hand. Praise God. Anybody else want to come to Jesus tonight? Hallelujah. Thank you for that hand. Hallelujah. We want to all reaffirm our faith, our faith in this, in our relationship with God tonight. Repeat this repair. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you tonight to forgive me of my sins. I know that you died for me, but you rose again and are alive forevermore. And I put my trust in you. I thank you, Lord, that you hear my prayer. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Write my name in your book of life and make heaven my home. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord, that all those that prayed that prayer out loud and met it in their heart are saved in their destination, Lord, and their fate is no longer a place called hell but a place called heaven now. And that they will live for God forever. And from this day forth, Lord, we will all never ever be afraid to come to you because we've made a mistake and we've sinned and we've messed up. From this day forth, we will run to you to receive your help, your restoration, your love, your acceptance, your mercy, your grace, your salvation. And we thank you, Lord, for loving us and hearing our prayer tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.